Chris and Peter. Good morning, my love. Good morning, my love. I was just wondering what is on your heart or mind today? Whoa, what a switch up. I normally ask you questions. What is on my heart and mind today? Well, I just woke up, so not a lot so far. Mainly, I need to get hydration going. I need to get some coffee going. Um, let's see, I'm going into the office today, so that'll be fun. And I've also got some deliveries that are coming today, so I'll have to come back and grab those. And then we're seeing some friends tonight. Yep. So after work. Yep, after work we're seeing some friends grabbing some dinner. Uh I don't know. Those are kind of the things that are top of mind as far as my heart goes. Um I'm not feeling the evil and anger and hate today as much. It's like a three on the scale. It where is it normally? Oh, it's normally like a six. Like a six like or seven. Like on a day-to-day basis? Just like a steady, like that's what the simmering point is. Just kind of always there. Like a discontent? No, just like, I don't know, passion, you could say. Toward, you said evil. Yeah. Like, pas- like passionately upset about something? Well, I guess that's more of like how I think of other people characterizing the emotions that I'm feeling, but just like, I don't know, like big aggression, you know? Just like wake up and like... Like, I want to punch the world in the face, and then I just start working on projects. Yeah. Yeah. But you're not feeling that as much today? Feeling chill. I feel more like I'm going to be in front of people, so I need to not, like... Be big aggressive. Intimidate them. Yeah. Like, sometimes I can come into a room, and if I've got this energy, then I can just, like, shut it down completely or take it over and kind of be, a like, a little tyrant. Mm-hmm. But I guess... The intention that I'm setting for today is that I go in and I ruffle zero feathers whatsoever and I'm super amicable with my coworkers and they don't even think of me. That is my goal for today. Okay. Solid. That yeah. makes sense. I'm going to get a bunch of work done and then I'm going to focus on us again. So that's kind of how I'm treating work from like nine to five. It's just work. And then right. outside of 9 to 5, the, it work doesn't fucking exist. I don't know those people who are they, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's been working out. That's been really good for my mental health and, like, my work-life balance and that whole sort of thing. Um, not that I find marketing super fulfilling because it's, like, one step over from propaganda. And I'm not even propagandizing for things that are all that important in the grand scheme of the world. Like, the place that I work at really legitimately could change the world through the things that it builds. Uh, and, it, and it will, and it has in some ways. Um, but I'm just not feeling super, super passionate about anything related to that right now. Right. But, yeah, so, um, yeah, that's kind of like my, what's on my heart, mind, intentions for the day in general. How about you? Actually, I'm also feeling really chill. I went to bed an hour earlier than normal at 10, and I woke up an hour before my alarm at 7. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm just feeling really relaxed and really calm and rested and kind of ready to take on the day in a really chill fashion. Mm -hmm. Like I told you, um, the lot, like yesterday I, I had a lot to do and I was feeling more activated. Like it was hard to be present. I was always anticipating the next thing I needed to get done that day. Like all the errands before work and, Mm -hmm. 
I just had a lot of like energy activated energy inside and today I'm also feeling a little bit more chill energy like I want to take on my day but I want it to be I want to be more present and mindful and just like kind of keep this aura of chillness around me I want to maintain that throughout the day because it feels really relaxing so yes. I, you know I have supervision today I have clients today but we get to see our friends tonight mm-hmm. so I'm just yeah, I'm just ready to, you know, mindfully and relaxingly and chilly go through my day. Nice. Uh, another thing with me is I worked out kind of late last night for me, and I'm really feeling it this morning. And it feels really good. Oh, good. So babe. that is on my. That is also on my mind. That's good. Yeah. Um, just because I want to, I want to go through uh, fitness stuff real quick. Sure, by all means. Okay, so we've talked about Sober October a few times. That's been like the inflection point of the last year, was last October. Yeah. At least for me. And so during that time, I was at like 220 or so. Weight? Weight-wise, 220 pounds. So I'm 6'2", so I'm, I'm a fairly tall person on average. Uh, so the weight gets spread out pretty decently. You know, I don't like look 220, you know, when, I, when I'm walking around. <coughs> I have another, I have a buddy who's got the same body type as me. He can walk around at like 270, doesn't look any different really. Not to me anyway. Right. Uh, but anyway, so I'd gotten, you know, the heaviest that I've ever been in my life is like 225, you know, so I was kind of in that range. And just from not drinking, I dropped 20 pounds. Like I got down to about 200, 205, so like 15, 20 pounds. And that was in November. And then I really started working out in earnest with about, what was it, like, uh, maybe, like, towards the end of October, I had, like, 70 days before our vacation in January, or at the end of December. So somewhere around in that range, I started working out, and I went from 205 to, like, 212 is what I'm kind of sitting at right now, like, 210, 212, somewhere in there, between 210 and 215, and I'm much, like, my body composition is much healthier than it was, like, less gut, more butt, bigger arms, like, so you you say you're saying you lost, you lost weight. I lost twenty pounds, like fifteen to twenty pounds of just drinking weight, just like carbs from beer and unhealthiness and sleeping too much and eating like shit when I'm drunk, and because like you know when you're drunk, like you just crush sometimes you just crush anything and everything in front of you, like two a.m. burrito. I don't fucking need that. McDonald's at two a.m. You know that type of shit. So because I'm not drinking so much, that shit's not happening as often. The stuff that I am eating is much better for me. Like, so do you feel like you've gained? <coughs> do you feel like you've gained back some weight and muscle, or? Yeah, well, I wouldn't say it's all muscle, but I'm sitting at like yeah, two ten to two fifteen right now, and I would say that a good bit of it is muscle, but mainly I just feel better. Mm-hmm. Like I don't feel as heavy. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you know, I, I always think about things in uh, in terms of how my body was at a previous stage, right? Mm-hmm. And so when I run. Like, I, when I was running back when I was 220 of, like, not healthy weight, I could really feel my gut when I was running. Like, yeah. I could feel it just boom, 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 right? And, like, my tits, too. And so, like, just running was, like, that constant reminder of, like, you're fucking fat. Like, you're fucking fat. Be careful with your language because no, I, you've never been fat. And I know I've never been fat. Even if you were, like, I, I take a very, like, anti-fat-phobic stance. So when we talk about this, I never want to refer to... 
a bigger bodied person or a person who carries fat as like a negative thing. Sure. And I'm not going to like, uh, unless they're my enemy or they've wronged me in some way, I'm not never going to use a person's physical characteristics against them, like in any sort of way. Yeah. You're just speaking for yourself. I am so much different than the way that I treat everybody else. Yeah. I have standards for myself that I want to meet. I have goals for my life that I want to attain. And if other people aren't willing to do the hard shit and I am sometimes unwilling to do the hard shit, I can't talk to them and be like, fuck you, you fat fuck, start working out. But I can look at myself and be like, listen, you don't want to be a fat fuck. Think about all the people in your family who are fat fucks. Do you want to be all gut, no butt? Do you want to look like that? How does that make you feel? Do something. And for the sake of my own like value system, I just want to clarify with your language, like, like, it, I'm speaking more for myself. When I hear you, I'm not referring to naturally bigger bodied or fat people. Because, like, just naturally with my body, I will always carry a measure of fat. And, like, a lot of that fat is healthy fat or fat that's, like, you know, like, it's just there and will probably always be there. Um, I don't think fat is inherently bad or... Um, wrong I think that's really a societal um physical expectation that is unfairly put particularly on women to be at a certain weight and to not carry fat when uh, in certain parts of our bodies especially as we get older we're supposed to carry fat for for health like health healthy wise it's like normal and healthy to carry fat in certain areas especially for a woman but I think you're really referring to like the men in your family who tend to carry, like, fat, particularly in their stomach? Because they're all fucking alcoholics. Because they all, all drank all yeah. the time, and so then they got these big fucking guts that hang over their their uh, belt line. Right. And like, they got no ass whatsoever because they don't do any physical activity except for play golf and hang out at the country club and fucking do 16-ounce curls. Yeah. So you're, you're really kind of speaking for yourself and, like, generationally where the men in your family carry unnecessary fat from drinking... And how you don't want that for yourself. Yes, and and to jump back to everything that you said about like women's bodies and you know certain da 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 and like some people are natural. Yes, co- totally agree with all that stuff. But at the same time, obesity is such a factor in comorbidity. Like it causes so many problems. It like we've talked about this before. The number one reason why people go to fucking nursing homes and get and have to spend you know seven and a half, ten thousand plus dollars a month on assisted living is because they can't stand up after they sat down on the toilet because their fucking knees are too weak. And a lot of them, they're too heavy to lift themselves up. All right. That level of degradation, that level of just your body. Like I know that someday my body is going to break down to the point where I will need the care of others. Like, and I hope that is when I am 110 fucking years old and that it's just, you know what? I did everything right. Science just couldn't turn back the clock. This is natural and this is the end. I don't want it to be, I had so little self-control that I just ate fucking McDonald's all the time and drank alcohol all the time, got this big fucking gut, and now because of this big fucking gut, I can't stand up after taking a shit. Yeah. I just wanted to differentiate between not taking care of one's body, like letting one's body decline to the point where one can't, you know, have mobility and take care of themselves versus people who are naturally big bodied and naturally carry fat and who would technically, because like the BMI scale is not a valid measurement of health or weight. 
and some people would qualify as obese when they are their physicality if they were to do a physical they're actually in quite good shape healthy can have mobility and take care of themselves so I don't actually I don't want to take that label of obesity and call yeah but the people that you're talking about though the, the people who are obese but athletic that's just like that's maybe one out of a hundred random dudes that are obese that are like Fat, athletic, just naturally. Well, even women. But the rest, but the rest of those people, they're like people who are athlete. Like if you're actually healthy and obese, you're like an Olympic weightlifter or a fucking wrestler or something Not along those that. lines. Like, something where you're getting regular activity. Well, when I think even about women in Kenya and like my my heritage and my culture, like a lot of women are bigger and would qualify as obese. Why are they bigger though? They're bigger. They're doing they're, fucking manual labor all was, day. That's what I was about to say. Like they're bigger it's body, different. and they're doing manual labor. But when, but hearing you speak, if someone were listening to this, and they are bigger bodied, and they because they do, you know, they carry a lot of like thick fat and muscle, and they are doing a lot of like manual labor and like things like that, they could still hear how you're referring to obesity, and, <coughs> and internalize that as something's wrong with me. So I want you to be careful with your language, just because I want to honor all bodies and all like the health health can exist at all body types and so i just think it's really important to counter fat phobia no and i i agree with that but how do you do those things you lead an active lifestyle right you can be you can be obese but if you lead an active lifestyle you can whatever the scale says who fucking cares whatever your bmi says who fucking cares i can deadlift 600 pounds i might be statistically obese but like i can fucking lift and i eat well and I do all these things. That is one end of the spectrum. You need to acknowledge that there's an opposite end of the spectrum. Where it's not, you're not taking care of your body, you're gaining weight because of That's my point. Reasons. That is my point. Yes. I just wanted to be careful because you, the, the, I, I think language is important and how we word things is important for how people, you know, No, I, and I agree completely, and, which is why I would never say this in public, right? Right. But I would say it to myself about myself. Right. Like, I agree. Language is important. Words are impactful. I choose these specific words because I want a specific outcome. For yourself. For myself. Okay. And that is to motivate myself. Like, I see the faces of people I hate when I'm working out. Yeah. Like, I see it in the mirror when I wake up. I think about the traumas that I went through when I was a child. The shit with my family. Like, every slight that I've ever gotten. And I think, I need to fucking work out. I need to get fucking smarter. I need to grow my hobbies. I need to grow my business acumen. And I need to fucking do the damn thing. Acquire assets, grow myself, grow my relationship with you, grow my community, and just like use all of that as a big fuck you to everything and everyone that I hate. And that's why I wake up at like a six every day. Yeah. That makes sense. And if that's what motivates you to be better so that you're not continuing like generational patterns of unhealth and like unhealthy lifestyle and lack of self-development then I love that for you. Be a transitional character in your family where, you know, you are holistically taking care of yourself in every area of life in a way that the men in your family have not historically. Like, I love that for you, and I'm glad. I think that's a strong motivator and makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I'm having a lot of fun with it right now. That's really great. Yeah. Just as, like, a counterbalance to that, I just want to share that, like, for me... I've also been reflecting more, especially as I, you know, get older and my body changes and 
I think, you know, I'm 32 and I think about who I want to be at 42 and 52 and 62. Um, it's also important for me to maintain my health and, you know, make sure I'm eating in a way that's in alignment with how I value my body. Um, I think I, I'm just more motivated by, I, when I work with my clients, I call exercise a movement practice because I'm not necessarily motivated by changing the composition of my body. Um, I have a lot of body acceptance and I'm really big in the body acceptance movement and helping my clients achieve body acceptance. But the flip side of that coin is I encourage all of my clients and myself to have a movement practice so that we're not living a stagnant lifestyle that humans aren't designed to live. Like I, I want my clients and myself to have some sort of a movement practice where we're moving our bodies, we're walking, we're using our bodies, we're using our muscles and be motivated by, like by the joy that that movement brings mm -hmm. because that's what humans are naturally designed to do is to move and not like sit at desks all day. And so I try to encourage my client, don't be motivated to like have your body changed to some unrealistic standard that's not your body type, right? That you might see on Instagram or whatever. Mm -hmm. Be motivated by like exactly what you said of like feeling strong, feeling healthy, feeling like you can do the things you need to do, whether that's carry a heavy bag, carry the groceries in without being fatigued. Like you're able to do daily tasks and feel like that strength and health in your body. And part of that is having a movement practice. Part of that is eating in a way that serves your body. And I've been thinking, like, for myself even, like, how this year can I incorporate more vegetables into my diet, whether that's eating more vegetables and buying more vegetables or adding, like, some sort of, like, a green smoothie or a green shake where I'm getting those vitamins and minerals um, on a daily basis just to improve my health um, and continue. I started a movement practice in grad school, you know, walking three to four miles several times a week. Um, and I did, at first it was hard because it didn't come naturally because I, I didn't have a movement practice prior. But as I continued to do it, I found a lot of joy in it and um, noticed that I had so much more energy throughout the day if I did my movement practice early in the day. And mm -hmm. now I'm motivated to move my body, whether that's walking or going to the gym, um, because it does, just because it feels good. It feels good to use my body. It feels good to get my heart rate up. And, and then the, how good it feels to have my heart rate slow down naturally when I'm resting and recovering from um, a movement practice. So like, I think I'm less motivated by like seeing how my body changes and more motivated by like feeling like, yes, like, I'm taking care of myself. I feel healthy. I feel strong. Um, my goal for this year is to continue my movement practice by walking regularly when it's nice outside. Um, but my best, like one of my best friends and I are also going to start working with a personal trainer three times a week. Um, and for me, I'm motivated to do that to really feel stronger because walking has helped with my heart and my lungs and my mobility. Mm -hmm. um, and stretching after I walk has helped with flexibility and just stretching those ligaments and tendons but I don't do a lot of strength work and I do want to feel stronger in my body and more competent in my body and so that's why working with a trainer I think will help with the strength element so 
Um, while our motivations might be just slightly different, I think we're both just wanting to feel good in ourselves and feel good in our, feel strong and healthy in our bodies. And, and I think I'm excited to be on that journey with you this year of continuing to do that. Yeah, I'm excited too. I picked up a workout program that I did it when I was living in Korea called Convict Conditioning by Paul Wade. And it is all calisthenics and body weight exercise. I love exercises that require using your own body weight, like yoga. Yep. And so, real briefly on convict conditioning, it is meant to mimic the types of exercises that are available to people who are incarcerated. Because uh, I think Paul was incarcerated for a while. Uh, and it's been a while since I've read the actual book, I've just been doing the workouts. But basically there's six exercises, there's ten levels to each exercise, exercise starting with one being the easiest, one through three are like rehabilitation level. So like if you had an injury or if you're like a, a beginner, beginner, uh, then starting there. And like really you should start at the very lowest on all of them and then work your way up, which is something I did not necessarily do a great job of when I was living in Korea. But this time I like went back, really read the programming sections of the book and have been really deliberate about following the program. And I, even what, three months in now almost, I think uh-huh. I'm still stuck on level two on one of the exercises. And like you said, don't think about it as stuck, like you're just progressing. It's fucking hard, yeah. and, but it is changing the way that my body works. Like I am getting stronger because of it. Yeah. And it's shitty when it's happening, but after it's over, it's like, whoa, dude, like you can do some shit. And I, I understand that for you and how your brain works, you are motivated by like gaming things and like number chasing, number and, chasing yeah. and moving up to the next level. But last night when you were doing the horizontal pulls. pulls and you were at level two and you felt like you weren't progressing, I wanted to just gently remind you that every time you do that exercise, no matter what level you're at, you are still developing. Yeah. You're halfway to the um, progression, pro- standard. progression standard. You're halfway there. You like Whether you move up the level or not, you're still like using your body. And this morning you commented on how you can feel in your arms, how that um, exercise last night benefited you, and you do feel stronger even at the level two that you're at. And so I want you to be able to take joy and pride in the work you are doing no matter what the level is. And I know you'll be excited when you progress to level three. Mm -hmm. I just want you to still maintain that sense of like gratification and joy and like you know appreciation for your body and the work you're doing no Mm -hmm. matter what level you're at if that makes sense because you are still making progress even if you even if you're at level two for the next two months Mm -hmm. that's still progress yeah yeah and I I have been trying to take more things like that you know like I you know 34 years old ideally I've got you know like let's let's say the goal's 100 you know I got 66 years left right yeah 65 and some change and well, if I just get a fraction of a percent better every day, yeah, then you know, even in just a few years' time, because like with with convict conditioning, my I've got a three-year plan, right? Yeah. Uh, each of the exercises. So the exercises, just quick recap for those that don't know, are uh, broadly push-ups, pull-ups, squats, bridges, leg raises, and handstand push-ups, and so the the very first couple levels of all those are super, super easy. Anybody can do them. But then the 10th level, the master level of all these exercises are things like one arm push up, one arm squat, one arm pull up, that kind of thing. Right. And so 
Right now, I'm on level six for two of the exercises, level four for one of the exercises, level three for two of the exercises, and, and level two for one of the exercises. And is that right? Some, something along those lines. Um, and my goal for 2023 is to be at level five on everything. Mm-hmm. Because, so, like, man, some of these progressions are outrageous even at level five. Um, and then next year to be at level seven on everything. And then the year after that to be, like, in the night, like, shooting for the master in all of the the progressions. And the highest is ten? Is ten, yeah. So is this, like, a five-year plan? Is this a ten-year plan? Like, like, within three years, I want to be on the master for some and hitting at the master for others. Okay. But if I'm, like, in three years, you know, because, like, right now I'm I'm on level six with push-ups, and that's closed push-ups. And I can do a few sets of, you know, 10 to 12 of those, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the master step in that is four steps away, and it's one arm push-up with, like, your feet together, right? right? And so I'm a ways away from that. But if in three years I can do, you know, 10 one-arm push-ups with each arm, I'm going to be strong as fuck. Like, playing basketball will be so much fun being that strong. Yeah. And just living life will be so much fun being that strong. And aesthetically, gonna there's no way I'm not getting ripped to shit being able to do, you know, multiple one-arm push-ups. Right. But it'll, it's going to be in a way that's like, I don't know, not not huge, not like uh, bodybuilder-esque, but just like very thick. Yeah. And I think that that's... Aesthetic. I think that that's a really great, you know, motivator and goal for you. We've talked about this and you've kind of pushed back on me on this, but I think I'm less motivated by continuing to like, um, have my movement practice get harder and harder. Like, that's not necessarily what motivates me. I'm more, like, motivated by the idea of consistency and having my movement practice be something that's so part of my lifestyle that I do it automatically. I want to take the thought out of it. You also get so set in your movement practice and, like, your practices and habits in general that if they're disrupted, you're very disrupted, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm, I also noticed that about myself a while back, and I'm trying to not do that because I'm also trying, like, I'm trying to develop grit in certain ways, fortitude, like the ability to just press through and having something that I continually try to get better at, especially if I fail at it, is good for me mentally. Yeah. And so, and I think that like, if you... Like, we talk about self-limiting beliefs a lot, right? Right. I think that you should consider that this might be something that has negative aspects that you could change that would make your life better. You mean the concept that I am that more motivated by to... consistency yeah. than growth? Yeah, because I think that you're you're taking these concepts and you're making them very, very exclusive. Because, like, for me, a big part of, the, of it is the consistency for me, right? It's just every, just showing up, you know, four times a week, just boom, 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 boom. Like, that is my thing that I need to be doing. But at the same time, I'm having that consistency, and I'm also saying, all right, I'm keeping a log of what I'm doing. Can I do a little bit better than I did yesterday? That's, there's, I can't see any negative aspect of just that. You know, and I feel like that's where the trainer will be helpful, and three days a week, I'm, I'm yeah. kind of pushing myself more. But the other two days when I'm walking, for me, that's more of like, I want to develop a consistent habit of walking. 
even if I only walk for 30 minutes, like I'm not always trying to move to like make it 45, make it an hour, make it an hour and a half. I'm kind of restrained by my work schedule. And well, sure, like, but, you, but you don't need to go for just time because, like, time is how you're looking at it right now. You could say, uh, how much distance am I covering in 30 minutes, right? Because if you know you only have 30 minutes, right, and you got to pack in whatever you're going to pack yeah, in. Yeah, I want to walk faster. So, I mean, so you could start out and say, I'm going to walk leisurely. How long does a leisurely 30-minute walk, or how far does a leisurely 30-minute walk that's not making me sweat, that's not making me exert myself at all, how far does that take me and just take just you know put it in your put it on a note on your phone right and then every time you do it just keep track and then you might maybe in your heart of hearts have a little spark that says hey maybe i should go a little bit faster today just because i want to just because i want to see what i can do well i feel like i'm already doing that i just do it very intuitively like if i didn't sleep but I'm, i'm saying instead of intuition be intentional well, I work intuitively, babe. Like, my brain works a little bit differently in that... Again, if that I, might be a self-limiting belief. You well, say, I only well, work let intuitively. Me, let me share, though, and then and then hear me out. Like, if I didn't sleep well, if I'm particularly tired or, you know, just not feeling great, I might take my walk slower and celebrate the fact that I even just went for a walk, even if it was just a slow 20 minutes... But on days where I, you know, I, I feel rested, I have energy, I do like to, like, check my Fitbit when I'm walking and see, like, can I, can I hit two miles? Can I hit three miles? Can I keep my heart rate up? Like, I like to, when I'm walking, you know, sweat, make sure I'm sweating and keeping my heart rate up because I feel like that's, that's good for me. Yeah. And another thing I've been really working on is how I breathe when I walk, which I've been focusing on using, like, diaphragmic belly breathing when I walk. And inhaling through my nose, exhaling through my mouth, mm-hmm. and like using my diaphragm and belly um, when I breathe, which makes me walk a little slower because I'm thinking about my breathing. But I am trying to progress in that way, like kind of like how you want your form to be good when you're doing your um, body weight, your body weight exercises. Mm-hmm. I want my form to be like good when I'm walking, and so far as like my breathing and my pace. And when I do have like energy that day, which you know is a lot of days I do try to push myself and keep my heart rate up and like breathe correctly um, and have good form and I am motivated by that as well good but my primary motivation I think is consistency so that lot like having a movement practice is an automatic part of my lifestyle that I take the thought out of it's just something that I do because you know even a lot of like older people stay fit by like Walking at a brisk pace regularly, right? Like Shout out to Oak Park Mall, all the old people walking at like 9 a.m. on a Tuesday. Right? Like, I want I want it to be such a part of my lifestyle that 20 years from now, it's just automatic. I, I go for a brisk walk, like, for at least a couple miles regularly. Mm-hmm. If not, my ideal is, four, <clears throat> like, four miles, which is what I used to do in grad school because we had a really amazing walking park by the house we were mm-hmm. living in. Yeah. A really great trail. And the, in our new house, the, the trail is not as great. So I'm a little bit less motivated to get those four miles in because, like, the scenery is not as pretty. The trail's not Oh, long. the conditions are not ideal. I feel less like doing this. Well, I just felt, I feel less like taking the loop around the park over and over and over and over again because it's not that great of a, it's not a beautiful loop like the last park was. My last park was like. See, when, a, I, when I hear things like this, I'm like, that is an artificial limiter. You know, this is just like, it doesn't matter where I am. You know? Yeah, but there's a another trail by, by our neighbor and, like, good friend's house 
that I think I can walk to her house and then we'll walk to that trail and it's prettier and I think I'll get more miles in that way. Um, but like, cause, okay. well, cause there's the walk to her house, which will probably take 10, 15 minutes. Well, and then yeah. there's the walk to but the park. But just the, the, the fact that the park is prettier, so I'll probably walk more is what I was laughing at. The, that statement That's how my brain that works. That's like, one yeah, of the things that motivates me. Yeah. Well, so my motivators, we talked about number chasing, right? Yeah. Uh, just like the, the slow, gradual improvement is yeah. another thing that really appeals to me. Like having, you know, I bitch about horizontal poles being hard, but because they're so hard, you just tried to smoke your hookah backwards. I love it. I love it. I had to call it out. I had to call it visual gags on audio media always work. Okay. Always work. You're right. I did try to smoke it backwards. Okay. Continue. I watched, it was like I was watching a slow-mo movie. It was beautiful. She tried to smoke the USB-C port. And so the idea, so getting back to talking about working out, the idea of like gradual, like that, that fraction of a percent every day, just getting better. And then the inevitability of like knowing that like this fucking sucks, but other people aren't willing to do this feels really good. And then feeling and seeing the results, seeing it, sorry, (coughs) excuse me. Bless you, my love. So seeing it, you know, in my, in my bank account, in my body, in this house, you know, doing, doing home improvement projects and things like like that. Like having the energy and motivation to do them because you're taking care of yourself. That and just completing the things, you know, like being tired after work, waking up this morning and just being like, Ooh, I don't really have delayed. One second. (coughs) Excuse me. Bless you, love. Yeah. Like I don't have delayed onset muscle soreness or anything like that, but I feel my body. Yeah. And so... Yeah, I don't know. Working out really good. Uh, trying to get ten thousand steps a day. When we were in Bora Bora, I had a twenty-five thousand step day. That was wild, because we stayed up from one in the morning to four in the morning on that day, just dancing. New Year's Eve and New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Yeah, and so, but yeah, I don't know. Life is life is good right now. I'm feeling good about working out and the physical aspects of my my practice. Um, meditating has been really good lately. Uh, just, you know, I, I have, so real quick on my meditation practice, we might do a separate episode on that, but I, every day I just sit down and I count 10 really slow, deep, intentional breaths. And if I don't count them, then I don't like, I just take the breath and I don't even count it. So sometimes it's been way more depending on what's been on my mind and just using that as a way to like clear my, my canvas. And then another thing that helps me clear that canvas is to, think about every part of my body starting at the top of my head, like with the very first follicle on the tallest part of my scalp and then going down into like the different parts of my forehead and eyebrows and bridge of the nose, eyelids, eyes, you know, all the way down on into uh, everything down to my toes. Right. And so then I get down to my toes and that takes however long it takes. Same sort of thing. If my mind wanders, I go back to whatever the part of the body was that I could remember and then just keep going. And sometimes I involuntarily think of different ways of doing this. Like yesterday, it just felt like the universe was pouring this cosmic acid into the top of my head and it was causing me to dissolve. And where the acid was poured more, more of my body dissolved faster. And where it was poured less, less of my body dissolved less quickly. And that was fun. That was crazy to Yeah, kind of you had a really in intense meditation yesterday. Yeah, it was a good one. And so then after the body stuff, then I... 
come up with at least 10 things to be grateful for. And sometimes there'll be a theme like people or places or things or accomplishments or, um, you know, what, what, what have you. And so the point of that is I've, I've spent all this time cleaning or like clearing my canvas, right? Preparing this new canvas. And then the gratitude immediately after kind of like sets that in my mind. Cause like I wake up such an angry negative person that I try to balance it out for the day by like, having that gratitude practice like the the clearing and then the gratitude to like really place it in there and, and center it and be intentional about it and then I count to five and I take a deep breath and I open my eyes and then that's how I get rolling I love that for you that's so great for mental health like research has shown that having a gratitude practice um changes the brain and helps with mental health mood um, overall sense of wellness mm-hmm. and well-being and so I love that you do that and the way that you described noticing and um, breathing into different parts like all the parts of your body from your head to your toes is something I've been doing when I take uh, meditation or not sorry yoga classes especially during shavasana at the end when you're laying down and your skeleton pose yeah in the corpse pose uh-huh. and they have you like start with the top of your head and go down to your toes and re- like relax each each body part and just kind of sink down and almost feel like connected to the ground connected to the universe and just relaxed in your body Mm -hmm. um and breathing into that and so yeah i feel like what you're doing with your meditation practice is really beautiful and really healthy and i will say like i don't have a formal meditation practice the way you do where it's something i do every day but I incorporate several of those things throughout my day in a more, you'll love this, intuitive fashion. Oh, yeah. Where... Dirt's... Why why think about why we do what we do? Let's just fucking do it. Well, it's like... If no, I, I'm, I'm pro this. Like, I'm I, so impulsive. Let's go. Well, if I sense tension in my body or if I feel like I'm more activated that day or if I sense, like, I'm, uh, like, overly anticipating parts of my day and feeling, like, not exactly anxiety but anticipation... Um, I'll do some mindful deep breathing, especially in the car with, um, like shorter inhales and longer exhales to activate the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest and relaxation part Mm -hmm. of your nervous system. So when I need it, I take, I take those deep breaths. I actually did it yesterday for two minutes while you were working out while I was watching you work out. I did some deep breathing and just feeling that relaxation in my body and my nervous system is really helpful and then, like, throughout my day, throughout my week, I incorporate, like, moments of gratitude. It's less, like, intentional than you. It's less um, intentional, structured. structured than yours. It's not like I count to ten, but I might just be sitting and, you know, I'll try to, be, like, ground myself and become really present in the room and feel my body in my seat And just think of, you know, things around me or things that I'm grateful for, things that happened that day that I'm grateful for. And I do that fairly regularly, I would say several times a week, but I don't have a structure for it. I just do it like throughout my day um, as I need to. So in some ways, I'm also incorporating deep breathing and gratitude into my life. Um, And I do think that it really helps like level me out especially like everyone has an off day or a day they feel kind of crappy especially if the weather's super overcast and not like the sun's not out and on those days in particular when I do the deep breathing and um, a little bit of like counting things I'm grateful for and grounding 
um, I find that it really helps improve my mood and just sense of well-being on days that maybe I'm not feeling the best. So I've also seen benefits from doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Physical health, mental health. It's nice to be intentional about those things, but also have our intuition to guide us. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like as long as you're doing it, like whatever motivates you as a person in your brain, whether it's like doing it daily in a structured fashion or remembering to do it intuitively, like when you need it throughout the day or week, I feel like as long as it's getting done, it's just really, really great for you. The, the point is to do things. I'm someone who spends so much of my time sitting in front of a computer, you know, just, you know, derping, right? But then I employ a project management software to make sure that I am doing things that are useful. Now, sometimes, like yesterday, I'll fall off and play chess for hours. But I didn't fine. even consider that falling off because chess is something that, like, is good for your brain. It's good for you. you it's a passion of yours. It's something that brings you pleasure. And yesterday you had a day off work for a holiday and like you did something that was good for your mind and pleasurable and like what better way to spend a day off, you know? Like I don't think just because you didn't do projects you weren't doing something that's really important. And I think all of us need to do things that restore our brains and that rest us, whether that's chess or reading or spending time with friends or whatever calms your mind, looking at art, um... I think days like that are just as important as days that are super mm -hmm. productive and you get a lot done. And in fact, I think days where we do things that rest our mind and bring us pleasure kind of recharge our minds and give us the energy to do more later, like do more the next day it's, because it's, we're rested. It's so true. I have come to believe that really hard recently. Uh to the point where I've worked in at least for one hour a day, I just get no digital stimulation yeah, and just, just very focused, like no phone, no computer, no TV, nothing. One hour every day. One hour every day of just like, I can do anything else. I could, I can get my workout in. I try to not do other stuff, but like sometimes, you know, it just gets late in the day and I can't, you know, pack in everything. But if I can ideally just have a day or like an hour where I sit and there's just my notebook next to me and just anything that comes into my head, I write it down. That's the ideal. But even, you know, switching up and doing like, okay, I'm going to use this non-digital time to work out or, um, you know, listen to an album or really intentionally listen to an audiobook. Cause so often, you know, we just have things going on in the background and we're not listening to them. Like we're not devoting our attention to them, but yeah. So I, I find being really intentional about, listening to audiobooks and listening to albums because I'm also working through that uh, Rolling Stone top 200 hip-hop albums of all time. Yeah, I feel like that could be an episode in itself Yeah, we talk about that project. Yeah, that'll be, yeah, that's totally worth its own episode. So, so yeah, anyway, I, I kind of want to put a bow on this by saying, like, you know, themes for today are, uh, you know, if you don't already have a practice going, start a practice that you think would be beneficial for your life. It, you can be intuitive about it or you can be intentional about it. Maybe a little bit of both. And be kind to yourself because, you know, starting a practice, progressing, right, it's, it's you know, in the word, uh, can be hard. You can fail. You can, like me, do some pretty negative self-talk. But if you have a healthy relationship with yourself, kind of like the way that Liz and I have a healthy relationship and I get to say, like, really degrading things at her in public and people get shocked. But then we know we're, like, in love and stuff. So <laughs> it's cool. 
We're always joking. We're always joking, and people don't like, oh, man. I, I won't say any of it on the podcast, because, like, your family probably listens to it, but, oh, I would never say those things in front of your family. Uh, but when we say, like, joke, like, our kind of inside joking, like, speaking to each other that way, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's always from a place of love and, like, teasing each other. Yeah. We've never spoken, like, we don't, like, curse at each other out of anger. No, no or calling say, each other out of our names. Like, never calling each other out of our names or, like, um, never speak in a derogatory fashion or an unkind fashion out of anger or frustration. It's li- literally only out of, like, a place of love or, like, joking with each other. Um, but I, I, I'm, I think you're right. Sometimes people hear us and, like, don't understand that we're not fighting. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. You're you're our real friends if you know that when I say horrible things about Liz to Liz's face, that we're not fighting. Babe, you're never horrible. It's just we're. It's, it's I mean, funny. I think maybe you've been desensitized a little bit to things. You know, the average person, especially in the Kansas City, Missouri area, if I were to say these things to them and they didn't have any context with me, it might be some fisticuffs. That's fair. All right, hey, uh, if you're still listening after as long as this has been, this is one of the longer episodes we've ever done. Uh, thank you, really appreciate it. Uh, drink Henan Out Tahiti, Tahiti's beer. Make every time a Henan Out time. Be kind to yourself and do your motherfucking practice, whatever that is. If you want to take some deep breaths, if you want to do one push-up, do, do a fucking push-up, like that'd be cool, right? Start with that. Get hey, some extra steps in. Get some extra steps in. Um, meditate. Uh, I don't send 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 a flirty message to uh, either like if you got a boo send a flirty message right now if you don't got a boo but you want a boo just just pick a random name out of the phone book call them up say I love you very first thing and see how they respond 